So good to see you this morning, church. Come on. Get on your feet.
Hallelujah. Father, what a wonderful way to start the day knowing that we are drenched in the love of God, in the blood of Jesus Christ, that our redemption is set that, Father, we are forgiven and that, Lord, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. What more could we ask for on this earth? I pray now for every person. I pray for Harold that's bringing the message this morning. You'll anoint him powerfully. I pray for everybody that is present here this morning, everybody that is with us on live streaming, wherever you may find yourself in this world, that right now, now you are touched and that the very presence of the Holy Spirit will manifest in your life and that you will feel the tangible presence of the Lord. We pray this now and we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering and then you may sit down. Well, good morning, folk. It's... Uh, it's a lovely, cool morning here in Johannesburg for all of those that are watching us. And uh, we're expecting rain and we just say, Father, bring it on. Amen. The only time we ask the Lord just to halt it for just a brief period is next Sunday night. Please, next Sunday night is very important. Uh, we are having our outdoor event there by the LARPA. And uh, we're having Chris uh, Carol's by uh, candlelight. And we ask everybody, just bring a little plate of eats and a cold drink because after the actual sing-along and the service, we are going to be having a wonderful time of fellowship and with something to eat. You know, if you, you read in the Bible, you see that Jesus and the disciples they were feasting everywhere. They were eating everywhere. They always came together in fellowship groups to come together, to eat, to share bread, and to fellowship. Well, that's going to be next Sunday night. So come along, and we're going to have an incredible night. And by the way, we will be live streaming. So the people that are living far away, not the people that are close by, you come, and uh, we can have up to 2,000 people out there. And uh, please come, And uh, but those of you that are far away, we will be actually live streaming from there as well. They were able to uh, get together and to, they're going to set it up. So we praise God for that. Please, it's an important evening. Bring your chairs along. Uh, we don't know if it maybe rains in the morning or on Saturday. I'm trusting God for Sunday night. Uh, bring a chair along and, uh, or a blanket to sit on because we're not going to be able to have enough chairs for everybody. And uh, just come and enjoy a wonderful time of fellowship. Same time next week, six o'clock. Well, in yes. the event of maybe perhaps Dalk Miskin, the Drian. Then we'll shift to the church. We'll prepare every single hall. This one, side hall, back halls yeah. with uh, chairs. And so uh, there's no need for that then. Uh, but just bring a very, if you prefer your own, own chair, nice camp chair or something, bring it, oils, blankets, whatever. And uh, we see you out there next Sunday night. Yes. And also, um, 
still bring the food because we're still going to get together at the back hall. And we're still going to have a time of fellowship and there's a lot of room we can move around. So let's have a wonderful evening next week. I wonder if we've got any visitors with us this morning. We just want to give you a warm welcome, um, just a brochure, just to tell you and to share with you what's happening in the church. If you just raise your hands now, they'll get it to you. Just keep, I see hands going up. Please just get them here if they can get them. Welcome. It's always good to have visitors. And if you want to connect with us, here's a connecting card, and then you can, you can give us your cell number, and then you'll go online, and you can find out everything that we are doing and everything that's happening in the church. And for those of you also that we know that there is a, uh, what do you call that? Uh, what do you call it? I can get the right word. I'll give it to you right now. Uh, those of you that need assistance at the desk with the church app, the church app. And uh, the church app is very, actually very important. We, it's loaded. It's loaded with information on the Bible college, with information on the youth, information on the Sunday school. There's Bible programs on there. You can either read your Bible daily from there or you can have an audio. You can find out everything that's going on there. It is really a very loaded app. And it's, it's connected where you can see what's happening daily in the church. I know Wesley loads a lot of stuff and you can go, I think it's on Instagram if I'm not mistaken, and you can see what's happening in our, our gardens at Etembeni in the church. Sometimes they put a little bit of fun. The pastors can get up to a lot of fun here. And uh, uh, so uh, just go online and see what's happening. And then very important, we have suggested, and uh, this is a very heavy suggestion, that you... Purchase a Bible as a gift for people this year. Now they have a big, uh, they've brought in a lot of Bibles at the bookshop. Well, I don't know if it's enough, but we'll get more next week if you buy, the, if, if we sell out. But we have got Bibles that we've brought in and they're in all different colours and uh, you can go and select the colours there. there uh, there's blue, pink, maroon, dark brown, tan, and then uh, the hard, that's all the soft covers, and then the hard covers are all in a beautiful uh, turquoise. In fact, that's the color of the hard cover. So please bless somebody with a Bible. Trust me, it is the best gift you are ever going to give anybody. And you know, people might not read it immediately, might put it on the bookshelf, but it will be there as a constant reminder. Why? Because you've prayed over that Bible. We've prayed over that Bible. And I'm telling you, they will go down, they will put their heads down to sleep and they'll think, what about it? There's a Bible. They, no matter where they go, they'll remember there's a Bible. So please go and support the bookshop and get them. I know there's a 20% discount on all the Bibles. So don't miss on that, out on that. That's a wonderful opportunity. And I think I've kind of got through everything everyone except the gifts. And I'm going to hand this to Pastor Tierns, but we've got these little gift bags and you fill it up with stuff. They've actually got a little, uh, a, a little note in there to tell you what you can purchase. There's a whole list of things that you can purchase, uh, gift ideas at, like that. And Pastor Tierns can just give it to me in the second service. And that's, you just load it with some goodies and we're going to give that out. And please, we want really uh, appropriate gifts. So the children have got something for school. They've got something to play with. You know, it's, we can buy the dolls and kids, girls love Barbie dolls, but they last for about a week and the little cars with the little boys, maybe two days being little boys. So please, let's get some gifts that they can really and that they really need. There's coloring, there's all kinds of gifts. You can go and read all about that. Well, last but not least is after 
the service, the second service, and tonight they are having a baptism. And uh, those of you that have not been water baptized, I really want to encourage you. You know, Harold, I come out of the Methodist, Harold comes out of the Dutch Reformed Church, and uh, we, we were baptized, christened, whatever, as babies. But it was later when I saw it for the first time in the Methodist Church of all places, where I was challenged by their pastor when he dedicated his baby and I said, what is this? This is new. He said, I cannot stand in, I cannot baptize this child. There will come a day of accountability when this child will say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and then make the decision of the decision of obedience to follow the Lord through the baptismal pool. So I want to encourage you, if you have not been baptized and you're a believer I, and you've been had, and I want to say a believer's baptism, I've never used that term before, then please, yes, Pastor Tien's in the front, and I know we've got uh, pastors are somewhere, they're all over the show, get hold of them and go to the information desk and get ready, they always bring, uh, you wear your own clothes underneath, you can put on a t-shirt and denims or whatever, and uh, bring, and you get baptised like that and bring an extra set of clothing, there are change rooms, it's an experience, Harold and I went through it. I was a little bit more obedient at the time, but Harold finally followed, and when he followed, he went right past me. So I want to just say, folk, when he got baptized, it was major. He was told, you committing the eternal sin, and you don't know what you're doing, and he was, he was in such a battle. I'd been, I'd been convicted of it long before, but he battled, and I tell you, when he finally did it, it was like the roof just went open, the heavens opened, and he saw the light. Can I hear an amen? He didn't say amen. Did he say amen? We, I'm always ragging him. While we're getting into the offering, we've been given our special tithing envelopes. Keep that for, the, uh, for next week, and uh, we all get our salaries and whatnot in this week. And I think Harold is maybe going to mention it as well. It's a special offering. It's a, it's a thanksgiving offering that we give to the Lord once a year. And Harold and I have made a, a big decision this year because we are so grateful to the Lord for what He has done. In fact, the scripture here says in Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It goes on, and I know there's another scripture, Psalm 116, 12. What must I give you, Lord, for being so good to me? And this is a very special occasion. And today, as we get into the offering, I just love this book, and I've been reading it, and it says, Understanding the Power of Sowing and Reaping. Folk, when we get this revelation, something happens in our hearts. And you know, I want to say something. Givers understand the power of giving. If you don't give, you will never comprehend the power of giving. And I say that because I know people that don't understand the power of giving. It is foreign to them. Because this is spiritually discerned. 
And when you're born again, filled with the Spirit of God and the love of God is in you, you also take on the character and the nature of God. And he says here, a farmer may own some of the richest farmland in the world. He may weed it and fertilize it on a regular basis. He can pray over it. He can speak tongues over it. He can plow it. He can water it. But if he does not plant a seed, it is there in there. It will never bring a harvest. And so it is with us and our finances. You must plant your time, your talent, your treasures into good soil to receive a harvest. Here is the great news when you understand and apply in your life the biblical principle of sowing and reaping. Two powerful principles are placed in motion. Number one, everything produces after its own kind. You can't plant apple seed and hope you're going to get a pear. You're going to get apples in galore. When you sow good time into your family and friends, you can expect the others will sow, will sow their time into you. When you sow your talents into others, you will receive the talents of others. That was powerful to me. We've all got talents. And when we allow others to take part in our talent, others then also bring their talents on board. What a rich harvest. And it says here, when you... Uh, need them. You, they will sow their talents when you need them. And when you sow your treasure, when you are faithful in your tithes and offerings, you will receive a window of heaven blessing in due time. And that's powerful. Where is the? Where do you sow your seed? You sow it in the place where you are watered. And that is in your local church. So everybody that's listening to me on live streaming, wherever your church is, that's where you sow your tithe and your offering. And there's beyond that, many people sow beyond that. That is great that we must continue giving. This is not the only place of giving, but this is the place where we bring our tithes. Now the second principle is the multiplied anointing. When a farmer goes into the field and plants a watermelon seed, he doesn't pray. Oh Lord, bless the harvest time. Let me get my seed back. No, the farmer expects that from the one seed will be a vine with many watermelons and each melon will have hundreds of seed in it. This is the principle of multiplied anointing. When you sow your time, your talents, your treasure into the kingdom of God, you can expect a multiplied harvest. Who's ready for a multiplied harvest? You give God the, God the honor and give Him the praise as well in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering. And she was right. To me, baptism was a life changer. An old man was buried. It was a funeral. And when I came out, just everything changed. The lights came on, the eyes went open. I could see what I couldn't see before at all because I grew up as a Christian. And, uh, you know, just right there in my cupboard, I still have my uh, preschool um, Sunday school books with little pictures of Jesus on. One day I'll come and show you, maybe bring it with. And uh, just, but. You understand to a level, but you don't understand to the full. And uh, you, don't, you don't see. But in the process of walking with God, there's that continuous changing. We thank you, Father. We thank you so much, Lord. 
Hearts are hearts of gratitude. Hearts are hearts of loving you. Your loving kindness is better than life. We love you and praise you. We worship God, the Almighty Father. We worship, worship the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and also the Holy Spirit. We worship you, Holy Trinity, Elohim, God of the heavens and the earth. We thank you that you, you take care of us. The Lord's seed has power. There's no question about it. Seed has power. And in the case of spiritual seed sowing, it, it way out, outruns when the blessing of the Lord comes down, that which is in the natural. One seed can bring one tree, but God's seed can bring a whole harvest. We thank you, Father, that you take care of us. We shall never fear, for the Lord is near. All God's people said, Amen. Wow, what a year it has been thus far. A challenging year for many people, but also the wonderful, wonderful, glorious victories that we had in Christ Jesus. You know, I will forever be grateful for what God has done for us in this year. Psalm 116 verse 12, I'm sure you've heard it from other ministers and speakers also. But what shall I render to the Lord for all His benefits towards me? And do we not have so many benefits that God has bestowed on us? I want to say to you that we will forever lift up our hands and say, Thank you, Father. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for just being there for us. Now, as the Bible school, we have had an amazing year. The students stayed so faithful. I don't think we've ever had such a low fallout as we've had this year. The students were faithful from the beginning and we give God the glory for that. Students, well done. And if you've never been to the Discipleship Training Center, you've never applied to become a student, now is the time. Because Amos chapter number eight, verse 11 says, there will come a famine and that famine will be for the word of the Lord. I pray that there will be a hunger in your heart to join the Bible school, that you will today make the decision that the Holy Spirit will speak to you and that next year when we give thanks, you will be able to be included in this where we say we'll render to the Lord glory and honor and thanks for being so faithful to the Discipleship Training Center. All those students out there in the satellite schools, in the online uh, study direction, you are blessed in Jesus' name. We give God all the glory. Amen.
the entrance of your word bring, brings life, light, revelation, understanding, and ultimately the wisdom of God in operation in our lives. Let it be so, Lord, for we live in difficult times and many, many experience many problems. And so, Lord, as we look back over the year gone by, we can be grateful for the help because I tell you now, Lord, I could say it here to all the church, all of us put together, we can say it. If it wasn't for the Lord, many of us could have been dead. Many of us could have suffered much greater loss. Many of us would have been in severe calamity. And so, Lord, You're always faithful, always there. And so You take us through the storm, You bring us out the other side, and we are just grateful in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said, well, thank God for the Word of God. And um, I got a lot of things to talk about, but I just thought this particular verse here as an opening verse, and then from there we'll go to many other things, but today will be a good day. And this morning, you know what, this early morning, I was saying to the Lord, you know what, there's so many restrictions with, you know, with the COVID, and you can't, you know, lay hands on the sick. You can't, uh, like you normally do, I do that in private, uh, when I get to somebody, let's say at a hospital, whatever, I've done that many times, uh, because there's no fear of anything within me, I don't care. And so what we do is, uh, we, uh, I lay hands, but... Uh, when you come to an audience, which open audience, um, you know, it, it becomes a, a problematic thing. But then I spoke to the Lord about that this morning. And I said, Lord, I want to move with the Holy Spirit tonight. And the answer was very simple. All nine of the gifts operate at once, whenever needed in your life. So think about it. You know, and I thought, well, a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge, knowledge, knowing things nobody could have taught you or you could have acquired by some way of reading academically, word of wisdom, what to do with that knowledge, and uh, the discerning of spirits that can operate without laying on of hands, tongues, same thing, interpretation of tongues, same thing, prophecy, same thing, uh, faith, you uh, don't have to lay hands for the spirit of faith to come on people, uh, the working of miracles, God do a miracle in the church is there where you're sitting. And, uh, and then, of course, the gifts of healings. God could heal you. He could do anything. I mean, He could change your whole life around. And the Lord says, don't restrict me and I won't restrict you. So I repented immediately and I said, Lord, because the frustrating thing with all these COVID regulations. And um, so um, we, we real, I realized this morning, with repentance, don't you limit God what He can do. It is no secret what God can do. Can you say amen? How many of you believe in the Lord? Amen. Well, all of you. But to those who are called, 1 Corinthians 1, 24, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. Now, here we have the power of God and the wisdom of God. Here is a straight Greek text in front of me, and um, it says that um, uh, Christ, uh, Kai Theo, uh, it says, Dunamai, Theo, 
Sophia. And uh, so that Sophia, if I look at this Greek text straight, tells you straight what wisdom is in Greek. But if I press a little button here, I get the anchor dictionary, which gives me immediately uh, what wisdom is all about. And I say this is a, this to me is a very good one. So I've been saying a long time, but it's really good. So it says, it's the capacity to understand. That's the same Hebrew word then as intelligence. If you can understand, grasp. That's why it's always so important to me not to pass over a word in the Bible without having a dictionary nearby or if I don't have Greek or Hebrew, but at least have a dictionary and see what other thesaurus for what other meaning can be given to that particular word. Understanding. So it is the capacity to understand and the function, uh, uh, function accordingly, which comma comma is wisdom. The capacity to understand and function accordingly. Just those words. And I thought, that's it. You know, if I see a, a film of how bad it is for you to smoke. And uh, so on. I saw that in a street in Johannesburg, just close to the very many years ago. As a young man, before, long before marriage. And I looked in the window, and there were pictures of people's lungs and the damage that the tar of smoking did to their lungs. And it's a shocking thing. Now, here it is. If you then go and buy a packet of cigarettes and smoke it, you must know what you're doing to yourself. And you must know that that's caused the death of people. And then if they then hit pneumonia, then of course that is like night. So especially with this COVID story going around. Now, having said all of that, I need to talk to you about uh, maybe there are many things I want to talk to you about. Um, about a man called uh, Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. Mort and I, I just want to start with this, went through a little bit of an experience. I'm going to cut the story short because it's actually like three supernatural, not natural, supernatural, no question about it, incidents on one single day, which was Wednesday that passed by. But I'll just, I'll just focus on the last of the three uh, for the sake of, of just like, just, you know, if you think, is God with you? Three times confirmed. He was definitely with us. And so in the book of um, Luke chapter 8, verse 22, and I'm reading from this new updated Amplified Bible. Now in those days, one of those days, Jesus and his disciples got into the boat and he said, let us cross over to the other side of the lake, the Sea of Galilee. So they set out. But as they were sailing, he fell asleep and a fierce gale of winds swept down as if through the wind, a tunnel, as if through a wind tunnel, a fierce gale wind swept down as through a wind tunnel. That's interesting because we talk in terms of uh, the uh, meteorology, we talk about uh, gusts, because you can have a wind and the wind could be like it was here at Oliver Tambo at 52 kilometers an hour, but if you have a wind gust, that could push it right up to 100 kilometers an hour. You have that, and those are the ones that do the danger. So, uh, as if through a wind tunnel, you strike that thing. On the lake, they're in a boat now, and they began to be swamped. I have a model of the, uh, the boat that they, the Jesus boat that they uh, had, they found there very close to Caponium, uh, closer to Magdala, 
uh, of Mary of Magdala, the, the typical boat in which these disciples would have been in. And they're small, they're not very big, and of course, they're in a wind tunnel of a gale wind and it's sweeping on down on them. Uh, and they were in great danger, verse 24. They came to Jesus and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are about to die. And he got up and he rebuked the wind, raging violent waves, and uh, they ceased, and it became calm. A perfect peacefulness, says the Amplified. And he said to them, where is your faith? I had that opportunity on Wednesday. Your confidence in me. Your trust in me. With all your heart, I might say. They were afraid and astonished, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the sea and they obey him? But his word is, Where is your faith? In brackets, your confidence in me. Well, we took off. I had to go and see some ministers down there in KwaZulu Natal, and they were ravaged by the COVID storm. I think they mentioned something like 175 pastors and wives. That 175? 175 pastors and wives that died there around Pastor Clive. And uh, I don't know the number of churches, say 100 churches that closed. So they really had it. And here in this valley, I call this the valley here where the church is, there's been, you know, if I look at the, the, the mortality rate here, it was like, if you'd say, a drop in the palm of my hand by the comparison with the size of the church and the membership of the church. So I thought, wow, you know, Lord, you've been, it's like you don't feel there's this thing. They talk about it, talk about it. There's a lot of fear-mongering going on. And uh, that quickly switched from fear-mongering to uh, survival-mongering through fear survival. They have to survive because now there's a new threat. Maybe now there's going to be another wave. Maybe now we can uh, get the people all spooked uh, into another wave and make them scared. And uh, then you have this thing of, of like, uh, you know, which is uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you do not have an inoculation, then um, you're going to lose your job. So people got into very big fear. That against the South African constitution, by the way, legally. It's, it's not constitutional. So uh, nobody could just put you out of a job like that. And so there's a legal case for sure. So the, the fact of the matter is people were in a panic mode about this and survival, will I have bread, will I have food, the threat of my salary, the threat of losing, the threat of losing my business. We walk through the shopping stores and malls through the course of the year. We see many, many stores closed, doors shut, no more. You know, you look for something, you get to that store, the store's not there anymore at all. Just the other day, Maud and I walked here and we just saw my day off. We decided, let's take a ride out to the Mall of Africa. So we took a little ride out there. There's one shop I was looking for, it's closed. And so you see that everywhere. You see paper in the windows. And, you know, it was a devastation. Yet here in the church, there was a preservation. Can you say amen to that? 
and God preserved us. And I'm grateful to the Lord. I want to tell you something every day of my life. I say to Maud, I say to Maud, we have got so many things to be grateful for. If it wasn't for the Lord, she quoted it, I would have lost heart. But you know, what about the people there in the world? How do you feel about it? I would have lost heart. Well, um, you know, with all of that, he said to the, where, where, where is your faith? Where is your confidence in me? And so we flew, but uh, I have uh, like a very fancy app that I use because I'm always interested in meteorology. And I, I looked at that and I could see the wind speeds at the Oliver Tambo Airport. I could see it was at 52 kilometers an hour. I could also see lots of rain. I could see the... the um, uh, radar images, satellite images. I could see the clouds, the rain, the thunder, whatever levels of the atmosphere. The pilots used the same kind of app. And so um, I, could, I could see before we even left that uh, we're heading towards a big storm. Well, you just uh, have prayed already. You know, on the road this, the, the, on this past Wednesday morning, Maud and I just, I just, Prayed on the road because we got up at five o'clock. Maud says, I feel we need to go at 4.30. And she was right. There was an accident on the road and uh, a big truck that blocked it off. So we couldn't get through. And uh, fortunately, we were like in the front of the queue. We did get through and we weren't then in time for the flight. Coming back, here we have this situation. And uh, after speaking to those ministers, we had this situation that uh, we come towards the airport man and that aircraft is going like you would say, bonkers. It's, you know, it's not like doing that, it's doing that, you know, because you've got, you got gusts and all the flaps are down and uh, that increases the, the flight capability dramatically when you have those extended flaps that they let out during la uh, landings for better control and you're coming down and then you're bumping and you're going towards the ground, you're going up and uh, at the last second, you hear the machines rev up and the pilot pulls back the stick and just accelerates again. Machines are open, here we go. And we lift up again. And um, nothing said, just everybody remain in your seats. We're hopping, skipping, jumping. And um, we, we just stay, he makes another circle and just said that it was not, uh, the wind uh, speeds and gusts were not conducive to uh, uh, a safe landing and therefore we're gonna go make a circle, come back. Came back, same thing. As we got to the bottom, it was the same thing. Those wind gusts particularly are very dangerous uh, if you have that kind of, like I like this expression here, like a raging wind, uh, like in a tunnel, like a wind tunnel that came down on the disciples. Now, the third time, he missed it the second time again. Pulled up, there we go up into the clouds. You're bumping, bumping, bumping through a storm. There are lightning bolts, lots of static electricity. And you know, an electric bolt can go all the way through the atmosphere, the exosphere into deep space, actually, all the way from the ground. So uh, we just accelerated up. And he said, well, we haven't got enough petrol, you know, so we're going to have to go back to Durban. We'll make it there. So now we're flying back to Durban. And uh, all the way, now he's standing in Durban, for at least an hour plus, and they open the front door, but everybody remains seated and uh, locked in in the seat belts. And you sit, you sit, you sit. Finally, uh, after more than an hour, they close the doors and say, "Let's go." 
it seems like the storms dissipate. In the meantime, I'm looking at the app, and I see, in fact, there is a dissipation that's taken place and a decrease, and I work forward on uh, the graphic that rolls on, on, that, on that particular part of the app, and I could see that uh, it should be dissipated within the hour that we're flying. We should be arriving there. It should be okay. There should be a gap over the airport. So, went there, but here's the thing. In that moment of the shaking and the jumping, and you are that far from the ground, but you're not landing, and you're expecting to hit that ground so hard because of what's happening. At that moment, people are scared. You see them frightened. Now, the strongest drive of the human being is the survival drive, but they can do nothing about it. The pilot's in control, and uh, he's got to act in the best interest in the safety of interest of all the passengers. And it's a chockers, the aircraft is chockers. So he pulls it up and he goes back. And I, th I thought to myself, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there. Now, I don't want to be funny, but I've got a mask on for the first time. Like, I, I don't really, you know, like to wear those things. But I've got a mask on and it's over my mouth. Sitting on the aircraft, it's compulsory. And uh, so uh, I, I, I pull up and uh, I look around me and I look at everybody and uh, there's a man in front of me, he starts reading the Bible frantically. He's got one on a, on a, on a cell phone. And uh, in flight mode, he just, just, he's going like this, reading, looking for scriptures. I said, Lamont, this guy is reading scriptures. Next to us sits a woman. She says, don't worry about this. We're church leaders, we're ministers. And you know, she said something like, thank goodness. And, and she was, huh? Now we'll be okay. You know? I've had that happen to me a few times on aircraft, though, I must tell you. But, um, so we pull up, and um, this, this, as we come in for the second landing, of course, it's now past 8 o'clock in the evening from uh, 3.30 when we were on the aircraft already. So uh, from that time to 8 o'clock, we were now in the air, and only about 9, nine after 9, we were at home. But here's the point. When people get frightened, they'll do anything. If you have fear-mongering and like brainwashing thrown at people to do anything to survive. Because not everybody knows. Not everybody is in the picture. And I'm sitting behind that, I've got a black mask, and uh, I'm sitting behind the mask and I'm saying, Lord, you know what? Um, we prayed this morning and when I was in the car, I thought to myself, well, you know, there was such a presence like a wave of God come on me. It's just the most, I said to Mort, what an incredible presence. It felt like that one morning on the 3rd of October when I just started prophesying. It was like, wow, this is just glorious. Don't want this to stop. Don't take it away from me, Lord. Lord, do not take it away from me. And I'm riding like that to the airport. Even now I feel it's coming back on me again. And uh, I, 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 I said, you know what? Um, let's pray about this. I, I didn't have peace. I didn't even have to pray on the aircraft. Just got on the aircraft. Now I'm watching the people. I've got zero stress. And then I, 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 re, I was reminded of this piece of scripture. You know, you find yourself in a very difficult spot. And you find yourself in a spot where you're in a world system and everybody else is thinking another way than what you're thinking. Behind the mask, I'm saying to the Lord, behold the fear of the people. Just see how they fear. And you said, where's your confidence to trust in me? Where is your faith? And I thought of myself, this is it. People are panicking. 
And you know what? What they fear, 99% of what they fear never happen. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? So with that in mind, I thought to myself, well, you know, there's, there's a little piece of scripture that I want to take you to. This one is in the book of, of Genesis. And uh, I want to uh, take you to a story about Isaac. But before I do that, I want to talk about a thing called a paradigm. Now, paradigm is a thing that happens in your mind. It's what you can define as a model of the way you think a thing works concerning an aspect of life. Uh, and, and an attitude is a way of thinking that impacts the way you will behave. If you have not got a solid foundation in the Word, that's why next year is the year of the Word by every means, by the Holy Spirit prompting everything. It's the year of the Word next year. And uh, spiritual growth. But spiritual growth comes two ways. Actually, three ways. First and foremost, by the Word, which we're getting the Bibles, by prayer, which is relationship with God, and relationship with man, love with God, love towards all men, and number three, your experiential base. But attitude is something that you pick up, and uh, I looked at the definition here in the Oxford Dictionary, it's an established set of attitudes held or developed in the life of any person that will determine his or her behavior, especially in times of trouble or trouble ahead. It will determine his or her behavior. A set of attitudes, plural, held or developed in the lives of people. So they have an attitude. We grow up and we call it luggage. Everybody's got luggage of your past. Everybody's got, God had to reprogram me from the start. Because I grew up in a culture of, of just a lot of things were wrong. And, uh, and I, I, I really found it hard to, to um, work through a lot of things. Uh, and I realized that, you know, you develop a culture, uh, uh, you know, attitude. Uh, you, de you develop uh, an attitude with, uh, with, with lots of areas in life. I once asked the Lord, the answer was very quick. I said, Lord, if I come to you, what do I consist of? And the Lord said, well, you consist of that which is spiritual, you and me, and the whole uh, relationship with me, the Holy Spirit and you. Spiritual, physical, that's the body in which you live for the time being in your earthly tent. Then your material possessions and also your social uh, uh, dimension. That is marriage, family, friends, extended friendship, extended family, church members, and everybody that you know, other ministers. My circle is very big. So that is your social. So it's um, spiritual, physical, uh, uh, material, and social. Material is something which I want to start on changing the mindset that determines our behavior. Because this, I think, is uh, in, 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 in the first of these presentations, is the first thing that I think is very important to understand exactly what is going on concerning the people. Now, we realized, and we were discussing the pastors, that we were, on, on Tuesday, I had a meeting with my pastors, that there are things that affect people. Number one, joblessness, salary decreases, fear for groups or crowds. They just scared. 
I never seen that. I found some people that didn't even open a curtain in this period, like in Pretoria. It's just ridiculous. And uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, that's just a psychology term. Physische effecten van die ziekte COVID, the physical effects of COVID. People have become simply comfortable at home. We actually have two churches, those who attend, those who don't attend. And then, of course, we have uh, more than that. Those who are committed, those who are just walking along, uh, those who are online, those who come to the physical church. Then we also have floaters from church to church that sporadically appear, and uh, uh, they are just, they just floaters. And uh, then people who have uh, marriage, marital problems, and uh, tension uh, as a result of the above factors. The pastors were talking about it because they got their ears on the ground. They talk to the people. They counsel all the time. And then, of course, uh, to, uh, we are talking about to do good versus to do right, they said. Revive the cell church. And uh, let's deal with non-committed members. And we call, I, I now call it uh, the, the lost sheep uh, project. You used to call it the fish net, but I call it the lost sheep because that new fish, but lost sheep is another thing. And uh, so with that in mind, and this set of values, if we don't change it, uh, I was looking for something past Ian's phone found it for me, and I'm going to read it to you, uh, concerning this thing, para paradigm, which builds an attitude concerning one of those four dimensions that I mentioned. An attitude, uh, uh, is, uh, this is from a book, and from a video, 1968, Switzerland dominated the world absolutely in watchmaking. With over 65% of the unit sales in the world coming from there, and more than 85% of world profits, Switzerland. They were constant innovators and on the cutting edge of research in all aspects of their watches. By 1980, their world market share had collapsed to less than 10% and 50,000 of the 62,000 watchmakers had lost their jobs. What happened? 50,000 out of 62,000, we're talking 1968. Something profound. They'd run into a paradigm shift. They had to change their minds. And this is the big thing, spiritually, when you have a set of values that make up these paradigms that cover these four uh, arenas of life. That uh, had to run into a paradigm shift. It was a challenge, a change in the fundamental rules of watchmaking. Everything the Swiss made were good, and they were good at it. The making of the gears, the bearings, the mainsprings, etc., of the watches. It was irrelevant now to the new way of doing things. The irony was that this disaster was totally avoidable. The Swiss themselves invented the electronic quartz movement at their research institute in uh, Neucatel in Switzerland. And so um, th uh, the, the watch was put on display without a patent at the Congress and Seiko of Japan and Texas Instrument, this is now the digital watch, uh, grabbed the technology and ran with it. So Seiko and Texas Instrument grabbed it and the Swiss industry said no, and thousands upon thousands, they, they left, they lost their jobs, 
as it says here, the specific again, those 50 out of 62,000 people lost their jobs. Simply, they would rather die than change. Rather die than shift to a new mode. People, the world is changing. We're living in a world that's changing all the time. And I'm a one step ahead person. I've been that all my life. I've had the help of the Holy Spirit, particularly these last years in a big, big way. Big, big way. But I'm always one step ahead. I anticipate what the Spirit is busy telling me and then I do accordingly. I don't ask any further questions. Don't reason with this thing up here. I just follow what the Holy Spirit's telling me to do. And um, the fact is, and less than 10% of them uh, that could, could now survive and carry on were the thing that was like dead in its, it's like beating a dead horse almost. So now came the digital watch era. And you know what? The uh, most powerful company today on earth, as I understand right now, most probably is Apple. And this here is a digital watch. It's a digital watch. So it's not a Swiss watch. So the thing is, it just took the market. They could have, in 1968, already moved in this direction. But it took the market. And it does so much more than something that you have to wind or it rewinds itself. You put batteries in every now and then. This one, it just goes on. The fact of the matter is that uh, they wouldn't change. They would rather die than change. And so it is in the lives of us spiritually. We get a thing that God says to Abraham, I bless you, I bless your seed, and in you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. He has a son called Isaac, and Isaac was blessed. He has a son called Jacob. Jacob became Israel, Israel was blessed. And they all got blessed because the father Abraham made a covenant with God. Very powerful covenant that he made with God. So if I go here to, um, let me do it on the computer because I got this new amplified on the computer now too. Um, if you go to the book of Genesis chapter number 26, and uh, let me just give you a little bit of a, a layout of, of the fundamentals of this chapter. Uh, Isaac goes down to, the, in the first verse, you'll read about it, he went down to the land of the Philistines. There's a man called, a king called Abimelech, uh, and uh, he was an idol worshiper and the whole thing. And uh, that, he arrived there because God led him to go there and live there. So he arrived there. And now you know what? We are arriving and we have arrived in a world that is at enmity with us. The whole world, listen to me now, the whole world lies in the sway of the evil one. Is that right? I said, is that right? The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the people. Amen? I said, amen. That means aman, that means faith, that means truth, it is so. The whole world lies and God is about to take it back from the devil. Break his power, create new heavens and a new earth. Are you listening to me? He's about to come and fetch the church. Time's running out, people. Time's running out. But you know, as the signs of the times begin, they are signs of the times. They are birth pangs, the beginning of the birth pangs. As these difficult times now prevail, you will need Jesus now more than ever as if you're in a wind tunnel yourself. Are you listening to me? Give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. So here we are, a man living in Philistine country, worst place, 
Those Philistines, the Philistines, they were cursed. They, they were not part of the blessing of Abraham. They were living there. They were invaders coming in from the island of Crete. That's their origin and roots. Arriving by boat and unwanted inhabitant or unwanted uh, invaders lived in what is today known as the Gaza, Gaza Strip. And uh, from Philistine, Philistine, Palestine. So that's where that name comes from. But uh, it's just the etymology of it. But the, the fact is now Isaac is living there. So you're living in a world that hates the church. That hates, why does the world hate the church? Because of the devil and his demons. You're, you're, you're living in a world where, um, you know, you, you've got to be on the cutting edge with the love of God and the love for people. And you get to somebody, just give them a compliment and see how quickly they start smiling and the whole attitude changes when they talk to you. I do that all the time. Just a nice word to somebody, how are you? And smile and say, you're looking good today. What's your name? And so on, you know, and just a few words, just like that, their hearts are open and you get good service. If you go to a restaurant, I've said that to you before. But now Isaac goes in a place where it's really not the nice place to live, like Egypt. It's really not the nice place to live. It's a place where there's a drought. It starts off, there was a drought in that year, like the drought that was in the days of Abraham on Genesis 26, the first verses, right? So now we're in a drought. It's a repeated drought. They're already poor since the first drought of his father's time. Now it's back again. And God says, go down to the land of the Philistines. Now we see here in verse number 12, and Isaac planted seed in that land as a farmer and he reaped in the year a hundred times as much as he planted. New Amplified. And the Lord blessed him and favored him. And the man Isaac became a great man and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and extremely distinguished. And he owned flocks and herds and uh, had a great household with a number of servants, and the Philistines envied him. See, you could live in the most unbecoming circumstances, the most difficult situation, but it all depends on who's on the inside of you and who's in control on the inside of you. It's called the kingdom of God, you know. If the kingdom of God's here, then you sit in that aircraft, and you know, even in the case, which I knew wouldn't happen because the Lord's very clear with me on those things, uh, even in the case of such a thing, you know, sudden death for the believer is sudden glory. It's just like it is. You go to a place far better. So the fact is, here he is living and he's planting seed. In that land, what land? The land of the Philistines. The land where the cursed people are dwelling. The land close to where Goliath was living. Well, there's pre-Goliath, of course. And... Um, in that land is a farm and he reaped the same year a hundred times as much as what he planted. There it is. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will continue. Ad infinitum as long as the earth remains. Who says so? The Lord. Where is your faith? Where is your confidence in me? Trust in the Lord. The word trust is the word aman, which is amen, which is faith. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not your own understanding. Just do what God tells you to do. But now it's become critical that we address these things because 
people do not understand what is really going on around them. And you know what? I think what we talk about is once a year, we give thanks to the Lord. I've got here just a few verses um, that I thought I would uh, just, just read just in a row here. Just, you don't need to turn to everyone because it takes too long. Psalm 18.49, Therefore, I'll give thanks to you and I'll extol you, O Lord, among the nations and I will sing praises to your name. On that aircraft, I began to, when finally just talking to God and looking at the people, I began to smile and I said, the song came up, Lord of the heavens and the earth, you are forever, you are God. Lord, you forever, you are God. Uh, all honor and glory be unto you. Um, you know, holy, holy is the Lord. Just that song came up in my mind and I'm flying there, it's going on like that outside and I'm the happiest man in the whole aircraft if I even included the pilots. I mean, I'm just, just having a nice time, enjoying the ride. It's like a roller coaster, but it's fine. We're having a good time now. Who cares? Jesus is in control. Amen. He will fulfill the destiny of your life. And the devil won't stop that. Now, we've got to learn to act contrary to the world principles. Listen, people. How many of you can confidently truly say, I'm a member of the kingdom of God. Let me see your hands right now. That means the kingdom of God lifestyle has to be your mode of conduct. Now, I was just watching a man in the course of the week as a minister, and he was talking and he said, you know, sometimes it's, it's a thing that uh, a friend of mine sent me from the USA, and he said, uh, he said, uh, he sent me, it's just a religious thing, uh, or a little piece of, of, of a man talking with another man, two men having a discussion. Obviously, the one's a minister, the other one's just bringing a testimony. And he said, you know, and with, with all of this, you know, God is very powerful. We must never underestimate God. And I said, Lord, you know, I want to move in the gifts of the Spirit, and I feel like I'm hamstrung. The Lord says, says who? Says you. Repent. Where is your faith? I gave you nine gifts. All of them are operational. Okay, so tonight we'll have church. Can you say amen? amen. So we don't have to stay away for that. And so, oh, no, there's nothing, nothing going to happen. There's always going to be something happening. It's a little false. Every Sunday night something happens. And uh, so the fact is, uh, it says here, uh, to the end that my tongue and my heart, this is Psalm 3012, and everything glorious within me may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Then he said, hear these words. It goes on and on and on. It says, it is a good thing, Psalm 92, 1, to give thanks to the Lord. 92, 1. Uh, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises with musical accompaniment. We'll do a little bit of that tonight. And we'll do a little bit of what you call jabula. It to your name, O Most High. Then we'll worship till the Lord's glory comes down. And then it says these words, 97, 12. Rejoice in the Lord, you consistently righteous, upright and in right standing with God, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. Here, Psalm 105, 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name. Make known His doings among the peoples. It goes on all the way. And so I thought to myself, well, you know what? 
uh, year we got next week is our actual su- Sunday for, for the Thanksgiving. I thought to myself, I take it serious. We've taken it serious every year. And you know what? I have given, and Mordes give both of us, because I'm a salary earner just like anybody in this place here, anybody. And I pay taxes like anybody, and I'm very meticulous about that, make sure that I pay very good and diligently and make sure that I don't give to Caesar what he wants owed to Caesar. I don't cook the books on nothing. See, I have to, I'm vowed to truth. Because of the prophetic anointing, I'm vowed to truth and integrity. So just, we just do things, we accumulate in a normal way, but mortars is wise as 10 when it comes to dealing with it. And so we, we through the year, gather to, through the years, gather to, to you know, build up a life, uh, can I say, like Dr. Nay would call these life savings. And, um, you know, whatever you do with, with whatever you, you have to sustain you in the latter years of your life. And I said, and what came to me, she says, I want to give. And she, she mentioned an amount to the Lord this year as a giving of thanks that he took us, not only through the storm, but through the year. And that he looked after us and he looked after the church. He looked after you. He looked after you. He looked after you. Can you say amen? Give him a praise offering for that. Amen. He looked after you. I will give thanks to the Lord. And, and, and she said, and she gave, uh, gave a figure. And without hesitation, and then she said, I want to add this also to it. And without hesitation, I said, please go ahead. I've never hesitated when Maud, who's our, between the two of us, always I call her the Minister of Finance. I never hesitate when she says she wants to give. Never, never, never. I don't even think it. Doesn't even pass my brain. It follows my spirit. My spirit says, yes. I said to her, of course you can. And you are blessed by doing so, and we shall be blessed. You know, we have given till it hurt us. Two houses we gave away. One was an was a, a apartment which we actually bought for our parents. They both died and we sold the place. And um, the other one was a house that we sold and bought the chairs that you're sitting on. And uh, from our house proceedings. And so... We just sold these things. Those were investments that we had from early life. And uh, we just, and then a man came and then he came and said, you know, we need your car. You've got a nice car and we need your car for a missionary that has to travel all the way through to Soweto, up and down. There's a, a, a man doing missionary work. I said, of course, you want my car? You have my car. They gave me a car with three pistons functioning out of four. Opel Ascona. I tell you, you could take a vice grip type of plier to turn that steering wheel, it was that tight. Do nothing about it. It couldn't get this. There used to be in that house, there was like a hill going up. And you have to go down the road, make a U-turn and build speed to be able to get up to the top. <laughs> and then you still had to have do something with that steering wheel to get your turn and be able to park in the garage. We lived like that. We gave till it hurts. It went beyond our minds, but came through our spirits. So when it comes to that, when it comes to giving thanks to God, this is what Thanksgiving is all about. I take it serious. One year, I think it was 
It was Erica that came to Maud and said, you know what, Pastor Harold and Maud, you gave more than anybody in the church. We don't, we don't hold back. When it comes to, listen, God holds our future. You either believe in Him. Where is your faith? Where is your confidence in me? You follow the Holy Spirit. You do the kingdom righteousness thing. Or you stay right where you are. And, um, you know, you're in that plane that could fall at any moment. And I mean, that was definitely dangerous. It could fly straight into the runway there. And, uh, or it could just catch one of the tips of the wings and you've got a major crash going on. So, you know, with that in, uh, that in, in mind, I, I take it very seriously because there lies a year ahead, 2021, 2022, double 11 for the world. Now, I've got to decide now, if I address 2022, I'm going to address it the kingdom way or the world way. No, not the world way. The kingdom of God way. That's me. See? No compromise. I don't care whatever set of attitudes, values, paradigms, whatever I've got. I do what God, oh, give thanks to the Lord. It's a powerful, powerful principle that we get into our systems and may God help you too this year that when you do what you do, and you led by, you need to, if you're a married couple, whoever, need to go and pray about these things, be serious about these things, and put your future in the Lord's hand like I've done so many times already. Sold everything we had when we came into the church. Everything. And came down here to the West Rand and started with a, with a, a I think the old steel pulpit and a carpet that was broken. And we started the Bible school, Bible training center, discipleship, make them my disciples. That's how we started. That's where we are now. And on the way, our faith was tested and tested and tested and tested. So my dear friends, I'm saying to you, let's think about our future. Be one step ahead. The world is turbulent and there is, there's a lot of volatility in the future worldwide. Kingdom, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They can never be shaken. And I want to tell you today, if I was the only guy that did what I did, I'd still do it. Because I've learned to do it. And uh, there's no way no man in this world, I've seen too many miracles, will ever take me and uh, guide me in any other direction. I trust in the Lord with all of my heart. How many of you can say amen to that? And stand on your feet, give the Lord a praise offering, everybody. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we give you praise. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I decree we shall become like Isaac and reap a hundred times as much as we sow. I want to say that again. We shall be like Isaac and reap a hundred times as much as we have sown. The sower sow the seed and the seed is the word of God. And if we sow into the kingdom of God, we will reap a hundred times as much as we have sown. We thank you, Lord, because we know you're in charge. No stormy aircraft, no wind tunnels, no gusts of winds, no storms, no lightning bolts, no weapon formed against the righteous will prosper. That's how it works. And we choose today, 
I ask this question, how many of you today choose the kingdom of God manner? Absolutely. Father, I thank you this morning in the name of Jesus. I bless your people, the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you one and all in Jesus' name now and forever. Amen. I'll see you tonight. Thank you.